Thank the Lord for the ability to visit. We're going to talk more about prepping an environment. And I'll make the case that it is impossible to believe what's being done to the American cities is accidental. In fact, if we look at it with any form of concentration, skepticism, analysis, or a spiritual perspective, it's very, very clear that our cities are being designed to fail, to collapse. But for what reason? The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Uh, Today is, in fact, the day the Lord has made, and these are the times for which God has decided we shall live. was in a... uh, grocery store parking lot, Post Falls, Idaho. That's a big city to us. We live in a city of 600 people. And there was a guy, well, I'm assuming it was a guy. I didn't see the person, but there was a truck in the parking lot. Now, this is, I guess, um, about 3.30 in the afternoon. There's a truck in the parking lot, packed parking lot, utterly packed. And he had some stuff in the back of his truck, including uh, the biggest flat screen TV box I'd ever seen. Just strapped back there. Brand new. Still had the packaging, you know, the, the plastic wrapping on it. It's just probably bought it. I'm, I don't know. I'm guessing at Costco or there's a Walmart up the street. Just sitting there. I thought about taking a picture, but then it's his truck. And, and you do, you leave a backpack in your car in the separate country of Seattle or Portland, it's gone. Your, your car's gone. Now, granted, that's a big TV, but there are, look, you know about the catalytic converter thefts that happen in the cities? There are people who are so good and they're, they're doing it for heroin money. They're so good at removing a, a catalytic converter. They, well, I guess they're not doing it the proper way. I was going to say they should go get hired by a, you know, um, a grease monkey or something. To go be mechanics there, but then again, then you got to show up and not take math and be on time and such, and that's a pain. They can get these catalytic converters off of cars in seconds, like a couple minutes. They have jacks, they've got it all figured out. They know the models of the cars, how to cut them off. Then they turn around and sell these for pretty good money. And here I am in Post Falls, and there's people all around. And this guy's truck is sitting there with that. And I kind of, I didn't want to be the guy that he came out and said, what are you looking at my truck about? But I, I did, I did drive by it and look in the back and he had a tool kit back there. And I'm talking about a nice tool kit. Now, granted, it had a lock on it, et cetera, but it's still something you can pull out of there. Had a whole bunch of bags from Costco. Looked like It looked like all Christmas gift stuff. It's in the back of his truck. There's no canopy. There's no, the TV was strapped you know, some strap downs. It was strapped, but it wasn't, you could cut them with a box knife. So he lives in an environment, I'm, and again, I'm assuming it's a guy, but I don't know. But he lives in that environment where a number of things will happen, right? If you, if you commit a crime over here, you'll get arrested and they'll go to jail. And if you go to jail enough, you'll go to prison. And if you go to prison enough, you'll stay in prison. There's rehabilitation programs over here. I work with one. I work with guys who are in prison and out of prison. 
And and it's it's my spiritual duty to do that. Lord Jesus said, I was in prison and you didn't visit me. I was hungry and you you didn't feed me. I was thirsty and you didn't give me any water. And some of his uh, some of his uh, you know disciples and apostles said, well, Lord, when did we see you in prison? And he said, well, what you do for the least of these, you do for me. Secondly, I like it. I enjoy it. I like trying to help people. So it's not like we just cut hands off over here, North Idaho. Now, the, the reality is if you went up to that guy's truck and decided you wanted to steal his TV, he'd probably come out and shoot you and kill you. And that's part of the environment over here. Right? I don't, I mean, I, I, that's a little bit unfair. That's just necessarily come and shoot. Probably come up, draw down and say, hands off my TV and, and on the ground. And the other thing is there's cops everywhere. <laughs> there's, there's, you know, you, I will see on an ordinary drive to the gym. I'll probably see five cops. It's a 20 minute drive. I'll probably see five cops. There's cops in my gym. There's like federal officers in my gym and cops and sheriffs and city cops. And there's in our neighborhood, there's in the little neighborhood, this, the town of 600 people, there's 25 cops. There's retired Marines on our, I'm, I'm surrounded. In fact, up the hill, there's a flag war between a guy who's retired Navy and a guy who's retired Marine. They have this constantly, this flag going up and a little flag war they have. See, environments are prepped. Environments are solid. They're, they're, they, they exist. They're not made up. Families have environments. Environments are either predictable or unpredictable. A, a, a predictable family environment is a healthy environment. Predictable meaning I know what the rules are. I know in my household that I am to be home at 10 o'clock or I'm going to get in trouble. And trouble would mean I can't go out with my friends for six months or six weeks or six days, as long as it's consistent. When those aren't consistently levied, those results, when there's not the consistent responsibility, then there's no rules. Then there's unpredictability. Now you have discord and disorder. Kids don't like rules, but they also, they're, they're bothered. They're harmed by, they're harmed by inconsistency. Well, my dad says I'm supposed to be home at 10 o'clock, but he's not going to do anything. So my dad's weak. My dad has no hand. He's weak. Well, further and worse, he's dishonest. My dad's dishonest. He says the rules. I need to be home at 10 o'clock, but he doesn't mean it. Therefore, my dad's dishonest. And what ends up happening is kids end up saying, oh, I'm in charge. They don't, they don't, I don't even think they think of it that way, but that's the way, that's what happens in their psyche. Oh, I'm in charge. And there's kids. I will tell you, oh, man, that's a fantasy. Oh, I'd love to be in charge. Well, maybe not. Maybe you actually wouldn't like to be in charge because it's an unsettling thing because you are not ready as a human being to be in charge. You're not mature enough to be in charge, but that's what happens in kids' minds in these family circumstances. Like I had to raise myself. My, my parents were my best friends and, and they laughed at my jokes and they came to my, but they didn't parent me. They didn't put limits on me. They didn't discipline me. They didn't give me, you know, parental advice. And, and that ends up with kids, you know, at a young age saying, okay, I'm, I'm responsible for my friends or my, my family. I'm responsible for leading it. Well, that's very confusing. There's no leader. That way there's no rules. There's no solidity. And the worst circumstance is, where you have this breaking down of barriers where friends, where, where, where parents become confidants or their kids are, the kids are their confidants, where you have maybe divorce circumstance and you have the mom going to her daughter and saying, oh my gosh, your dad, your dad was never a great lover. That's gross, isn't it? What I just said, isn't that gross? 
There are people who do that. Oh, your dad just never was romantic. Never knew how to touch me. And, and, and that's gross. It's gross. But, but, or it doesn't need to be that intimate. You know, like there are, there are divorced parents, divorced dads. You know, your mom never, never cooked for me. Would you cook for me? Your mom never did that. And I need a woman to cook for me. And you're a young lady. I'm not talking about incest. That's another crossing of the line, which is the ultimate betrayal in my mind. But I'm talking about a, a form of, of, of emotional bag handing. Hey, I have this baggage. I need you to carry it. And so now you end up with a kid saying, well, wait, is this my dad? Is this, this is a weird thing where I'm now replacing this role that he missed with my mom. My mom didn't provide this. So no, I'm providing it. And that's, that's whack. And that'll flat screw a kid up. Uh, trust me, I know how to screw it up. <laughs> I, and it's not, look, it's never ill intent. Well, that's not true. Sometimes it's ill intent. Sometimes it's evil. But the, the, for, the, for the most part, the families you meet in treatment, the parents were overly solicitous. There's kind of two parents you meet. There's about 20% of them were completely neglectful and should be in prison. And the others were complete helicopter parents and lawnmower parents. And they didn't know it. Most didn't know it. They didn't know it. Or you get these split parenting types where one parent is really discipline oriented, the other parent's completely laid back. But it always goes back to this form of the environment was corrupt. The environment was allowed to be corrupt. There are very few parents, though. They do exist. My dad and the social work world met them. I have friends who are counselors who've met them. I have met children through our travels through, you know, adolescent mental health, I've met children who've had parents who tried to ruin their kids because they did it out of a sense of, 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 of cruelty. They enjoyed being cruel. They were masochistic. But very few parents set out to create an unsettled environment, an unsafe environment, an unpredictable environment, a sick environment. Very few parents set out to prep an environment where their kids are going to turn out to be criminals. They don't set out to do it. Now, I don't consider our government to be anything like our parents. God forbid it ever be. And yet there are people who do. And the dynamics are very, very similar. But the motive isn't. Parents end up doing this stuff because they love their kids. And there are people who become social justice warriors because they, I love, I love black people. So I'm going to go out and tell black people they're victims. They get into this with good intent. Then they get steeped in the ideology. It doesn't matter what doesn't work. It doesn't matter that telling people they're victims and can never, ever, ever get a fair shake. It doesn't matter that that's proven to be destructive. That doesn't matter. What matters is I feel good. Likewise with a parent, a parent. I know I shouldn't force the rules, but she looks so happy. So I'm not going to force the rules because, oh, it's just going to be a struggle. Then we're going to argue. And right now she's so happy. And the other side of that equation is, well, I'm not happy and she's cooking me dinner. So now I'm happy. It's disorder. So you can go to what's happening in the American cities. And you can say, and this is the, this is the, has been the position of, of, of shiny shoes and establishment talk radio people for a good long time. These are our misled friends and family. Well, these are our misled friends and opponents. They're just misled. Their ideology is misled. They're not evil. They're just misled. All right. 
If you live in a circumstance like Seattle, separate country, like Portland, and you have 30 years of a track record to look at this, I think what you're looking at is an environment that's being prepped to have a class of people understand you are allowed to do whatever you want. And it started with, it started with, well, the rules are soft. And it started with, well, let's, you know, prison's not working. And let's start with, hey, it feels good to rehabilitate people. So let's make ourselves feel good. And it's 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 liberalism as, as you know, Rush would tell us, God rest him, that in, in the case of liberalism, it's only the intent that matters, it's not the outcome. Right. If the intent was good, then the, then that it's all good. But with Republicans, it's not the it's not the amount of evidence or the conviction of a crime. It's the seriousness of the charge. That was the dynamic as Rush laid it out. And those are exactly right dynamics. The dynamic has shifted. Here's the dynamic in the cities. It has gone from good intent to really smart people who understand how to kneecap America. People who have said America needs to be taken down a notch. People like in the separate country of Seattle saying, we want a communist revolution and we are now in office. It is in the members, it is in members of Congress. We hate the American system. We want to see it destroyed. There are people who are bankrolling that. Now, spiritually, who's the better parent? It's not even a contest. God versus Satan. Satan, hey, baby. If it feels good, do it. Come on. You're just paying a girl to do what she would do naturally on a date anyway. Come on. Your boss doesn't need that money. Come on. It's just what you are a recovered addict. It's one drink. Come on. You told her don't wear that skirt. Just give her a slap one time. If it feels good, you got to do it for yourself. You deserve it. And then what? (laughs) When you're lenient, when you should be firm, you're eventually cruel when you should be kind. And Satan is cruel all the time. He's prepping an environment for chaos. What does the Lord say? Hey, here's 10 commandments. Here's a whole book of things, how to live according to my plan. Here's the example of my son. Here's the biology you can match up when you go outside in sexual norms. Here's what happens to your body. God is a pro-order God. He is neither too firm nor too lenient. And he's completely voluntary. Satan is the seducer, the thief, the murderer, the liar, the have it now, the feel it now. Why should you follow the rules? Why should you not eat the the, the fruit of the tree of knowledge? Why should you not have all the carnal pleasures? Why should that be? Why God created it. It felt good. So clearly you, you should do this because it feels good physically. So therefore you should do that. He's the great twister of things. He could create nothing. So he twists things. The party creates nothing. Sure, they create mRNA injections in, in prisons and, and they create uh, taxes and they create bureaucracies, but they don't actually create anything. They twist things. Satan twists things. He creates nothing. He just twists what there is from God. 
including the words. Party does the same thing. In the cities where it was okay to say, these are just our opponents. They're just misled. No, I can no longer believe that. Here's why. The pattern is too pronounced. There's too much of a difference. There's too much clarity. It's too easy to look at this and say, you cannot be a sane person and believe this is working. And I have proof. In every city where they've gone the defund the cops way, they never start with themselves. Not a single time have any of these people given up the cops guarding them. In fact, in King County, there's now, well, I mentioned this on the very last week I was on live radio. My friend Jason Rance has this story. I mentioned this. I had the note from a cop. He's confirmed it. The King County Prosecutor's Office is advocating for bulletproof glass to protect its offices from some of the criminals it chooses to let go. Stephanie Sato, the the senior deputy prosecuting attorney, emailed staff after two high-profile incidents at the King County Superior Courthouse. Both incidents occurred November 24th. One, a suspect using rocks to try to break into nine courthouse windows. Police were called, but due to the staffing crisis, COVID dictats, and they hate cops, they couldn't respond. Suspect jumped on a bus and left the area. Second incident was a greater concern. Coworkers noticed a bullet hole in a window on the second floor. After an investigation, officials do not suspect it was the result of a gunshot, but they boarded up the window and continuing an investigation. So they want bulletproof windows in a building where Cops are at all the time, including the King County sheriffs. These are the people who let the criminals go. You cannot be in the King County prosecutor's office. You cannot be in that office and say, dang it. Remember, there was a lady raped in the basement, uh, the first floor bathroom. She was raped by a repeat rapist who was in the building pretty much naked. He was stoned out of his gourd, pretty much naked. Walked into the woman's bathroom, which is, of course, legal because disorder. You can't, you're not allowed to stop him. He can be a woman if he decides to be a woman. Doesn't need to announce it. Goes in, rapes a lady. He is feet from King County Sheriff's officers who couldn't stop him from coming into the building naked and stoned. So now they're saying we want bulletproof windows in our offices. You cannot hold the position that we need bulletproof windows and things are okay. Can't do it. Not with any form of intellectual consistency, not with not not with not without massive hypocrisy. This rises above hypocrisy because again, the patterns are so clear. This is not being misled. Look at the patterns. This is from this is from Fox News. This is the this is a guy. His name is Bruce Chase. He's the L.A. County assistant chef. Can you imagine trying to be? Well, I was going to say in L.A. County, but then again, I've got cop friends all over the Seattle area. They have to imagine. In fact, I don't have to imagine. I get the text from them. I get these texts. Okay, uh, third shooting in four days. That's just in our area. There's four others and. But imagine being the L.A. County assistant sheriff. 
So these smash and grab robberies, there were 11 smash and grab style robberies in the last month. They're becoming now everyday features. They're highly organized. Most of the suspects are of a specific race, but we're not to talk about that. Well, on here we can. Most of the suspects are black. It's probably a gang thing, by the way, because they didn't rob the stores because they're black. They robbed the stores because they're gangsters or because they figured out, wow, this is fun. Let's go take us some stuff. So with all these incidents, it turns out 14 suspects allegedly arrested 11 in these smash and grab robberies. They're, they're, they're letting the people go. This guy's on Fox News, assistant um, L.A. County Sheriff Bruce Chase on Fox News. Two of the suspects are in custody. The question is, how long will they remain in custody? Uh, good morning, Carly and Todd. Thanks for having me on. So uh, likely not very long. Uh, there's a good chance they could be released uh, this morning if they haven't been released uh, already. And by the way, the strange sounds you hear in the background are, are, is video footage of, of people breaking into stores with sledgehammers, etc. Now, in the Daily Caller, Laura Duggan has a story that there's uh, that this stuff starting to go into the wealthy neighborhoods. Now, that's going to get shut down. That there's people I've never seen anything like it. Dominic DeLuca, owner of a local skateboard shop, told the Los Angeles Times, in the last two years, I've been broken into three times. Jacqueline Avant, Oprah, is, is an Oprah Winfrey friend? So, so yeah, this is a, someone a friend of Oprah Winfrey, so this is very serious. I spent the day numb and in shock. I can only imagine how the Avant family feels. Jacqueline Avant was the classiest, kindest, most caring, calming presence. The fact that this happened to her, her being shot and killed in her own home after giving, sharing, and caring for 81 years has shaken the laws of the universe. The world's upside down and deeply in need of some love today. From where, Oprah? From where? Give people things. Oprah, do a giveaway. The universe is going to deliver the love? That lady delivered love. The world gave her back disorder. She probably voted for the disorder. You vote for the disorder. You vote for Obama. You back Biden. You back the disorder. You bankroll it. You helped get your friend killed with this. That you can't see this. But and my pastor mentioned this the other day. This is a brilliant observation about Oprah. Disorder. She had a woman on her show and the woman was saying, well, she was some star. Well, you know, I was in my, uh, my 30s and I'd gotten married young and I just looked at the situation and I just realized I love him, but I'm not in love. And Oprah says, wait a minute, stop. That's really important. She turns to the turns face at the camera. I want all the young women to hear this. It's important that you take care of yourself and get a divorce, especially if you have kids. She didn't say the kids part. It's just important that you get a divorce, that you what? Break up the environment. That you take your disorder and hand it down to your kids and Oprah's coming back and saying, how did we end up with my friend Jacqueline Avant getting murdered? She shouldn't be murdered. She's rich. She gave stuff away like I gave stuff away. She got murdered. I wonder if the people who went into her home and killed her came from fatherless households. I wonder. I wonder. Were they felons who were constantly released? I wonder. 
Were they drug users who were constantly allowed to use drugs because people like you, Oprah, fell for the sweet dream? She's the pretty face of this order. Oprah Winfrey is the pretty face of this order. She's the civilized face of incivility. She is as smugrel as you can be. Smug, liberal, unaffected by these policies, except for glimpses into it like that. But she will explain it away with, man, we need more money for these programs. Now, I'll tell you, that's not going to that's not going to wash in Beverly Hills. You you watch. You can't believe the private security they can afford in Beverly Hills. That stuff's not going to continue. Some people are going to be some very serious people are going to be brought in on that. But you don't get to do that. How do you explain the consistent patterns? That's Los Angeles. We've done King County, which is Seattle. That's Los Angeles. Let's go check out what's happening in Washington, D.C., where there's a whole bunch of carjackings. So there's some advice about carjackings. This is the local media with advice. Here in Greenbelt, we have seen a couple of violent carjackings in the past week or so. Greenbelt police responded to Breezewood Court just the other day. Three men shot and wounded, or I should say three men shot and wounded a man and carjacked another person at gunpoint in the middle of the night in order to prevent a carjacking. Well, here's what we should be doing. Police say lock the doors when driving and when pumping gas. In fact, Stay in your car if you can at the gas station. Always look around before getting out of your vehicle. And if you are the victim of a carjacking, give up that car. Your life is just not worth it. Equip your vehicle with an anti-theft or GPS tracking device and allow yourself room and traffic to move around other cars. Avoid getting boxed in. How much of that stuff made it into people's heads? And by the way, why is it our job to take these defensive measures? I do those things anyway. I don't get in my car. I'm not particularly a soft target. So I don't get my truck. I gas my truck up. But again, it goes back to prepping an environment. There have been attempted carjackings here. And people got quickly, quickly shot. I'm not celebrating that. I'm just saying the environment is different. I I say here, I mean, North Idaho. By the way, that's not D.C. It's Greenbelt, wherever that is. How do you explain the consistency? Everywhere you look in these defund cities, the result is you need to make changes. You need to be on the, have the head on the swivel. You need to choose different times to ride the bus. You need to give up your rights. And by the way, and again, it goes back to this insane hypocrisy. We talked in the, in the show earlier today, in the first hour of the podcast, rather show. It's like how old I am. We talked earlier about the fact that, that, that um, the COVID, we'd be rolled like the people in Austria and Australia and Germany if we didn't have guns. That's just a fact. We would be rolled. Well, look at these circumstances here. They continue to go after the guns of people like us, but not the guns of the carjackers. How do you explain this? It cannot be that these people are saying, just keep rolling the dice. Sooner or later, we're going to get lucky. I, I see snake eyes coming. I, but snake eyes good. I don't play dice. I, sevens. I, I, I know I'm making a comeback. I might be $250,000 down to the casino, but baby, one more. Just let me take me to that slot. I'll start with a quarter. Just take me to the slot machine. I'll, I'll start with one quarter. I'm building the empire back. No, it can't be that. Minneapolis. You go to the prepping of the environment. What is Minneapolis? 
It's been prepped for an environment that if you are of the Islamic faith, you're untouchable, do whatever you want. That's the environment that's been prepped. You're a congresswoman who married your brother in an illegal immigration scam. Big deal. Who cares? Do what you want. American cities, uh, Minneapolis, defund. Let's, and they defeated that, luckily, this time around. But this was the place they didn't want to defund. They wanted no police department at all. Not one. Not, 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 not a single cop. So you end up with circumstances like this. Now, to be completely fair, I don't know what presaged this event. I don't know what the people in the apartment may have done to the people who break into the apartment. What I hear in this that is more shocking than the fact that a whole bunch of people with face masks in headscarves and face masks have this convenience of covering your face. By the way, isn't it great that they put face masks on people before the riots were allowed, the peaceful riots? So you see a team of, there's 30 kids, teens, who get into this apartment building, they, they push people around, they go to an apartment, they they push their way in, and they are beating these people up in this apartment. Here in Greenbelt. Oops, wrong one. They're beating these people up in this apartment. So it starts with one girl on top of another girl on the couch, and then it's five girls, and they are just brutalizing her. There's a kid on the couch screaming, puts her legs up, help, help, help. Then at this point, the assailants start to flee. They've done their thing. Giggling. Man, that's funny stuff. Shh. It's clockwork orange stuff. It's clockwork orange. So from the separate country of Seattle to Los Angeles to Greenboro to Minneapolis. And I can keep going. We can go to New York. And I don't even have an audio for I don't have time for the audio. You could go through this. A homeless man was charged with beating a guy last year, was dumped back on the street thanks to the so-called bail reform, only to allegedly pummel two women in the Upper West Side attacks Thursday and to be freed again. See, the, the the first three times you free the guy, you're rolling the dice. Man, I see it. I'm seven, lucky seven, lucky seven. It's not coming. It's not coming. It is not any longer our misled opponents. It is people who have been seduced by evil, pushed by evil, purchased by evil, conned by evil. If you will not support a civil society, you have an uncivil society. God is a God of order. You go to the Old Testament and you read about the crimes. You're, there, there were crimes like assault. There was a whole series of things that you're responsible for if you assaulted somebody or led to someone's death or if you were sexually immoral, immoral up to it, including the death penalty. It was really detailed in Mosaic Law. If you go to the if you go to the Bible itself, it's structured in that way. Yes, I know that Christ brought blessed forgiveness, blessed redemption, and go and sin no more. And that, yes, the criminal on the cross went to, went to heaven with Christ. 
because he said he would take him. The other criminal didn't because he was completely arrogant because he gets to redeem. But that comes with repentance. And that means something. It doesn't just mean I go to church now. It means something. So again, I go back to the spiritual equation. Which side wants this? And this is again why we talk about the party. Republicans, I will tell you this. I've had Republicans tell me to my face that crime in the cities is not a winning issue. What? In the cities, it may be the winning issue. And again, my point, I don't mean to brutalize this or beat it to death, so to speak, but the patterns. At what point does someone step back and say, you know what, that whole thing is not working. New York man robs a woman at knife points, relief without bail, steals another, um, steals from another woman hours later. Florida man accused of raping pizza delivery woman has now over 70 arrests, should be in prison. Another case after New York man busted for assault, set free, allegedly beats two women, random New York City women, then cut loose again. I think we talked about that one. And there's just, there's just countless, countless examples of this. So the way I started this was family disorder. The way I started discussing this is family disorder usually happens through good intent. What I began discussing then was some people start this stuff with good intent. Tell me where there's good intent. Eventually, you look at your family and say, this is completely broken. If you have any love in your heart, if you have any compassion for your kids, you eventually look at this and say, this is broken. I'm broken. What did we do? How did we break it? What do we do to help it? Well, like for everything, God has a design for the family. Like everything, God has a design for moms and dads. He has a design for marriage. He has a design for how to discipline kids. He has a design for how to teach kids. He has a design for how to treat society. He has a design for our responsibilities. He has a design for where our rights extend and where they don't extend. And then there's the party. And they seduce people into these ideas. And then there's this, the comparison. Where there's a double standard, there's a hidden agenda. The comparison. Never forget who the real, real criminals are. Never forget that. Never forget that we live in a world where you have people who are still wanting to punish healthy people by separating them from unhealthy people. Rather, no, let me say it this way. Separating healthy people from healthy people. Separating people who've been injected from people who've not been injected. That's happening now. So you have people who can get the disease being separated from people who can get the disease. People who can transmit the disease being separated from people who can transmit the disease. They're the criminals. People who've done nothing but be healthy. People who've been done nothing but have vitamin D in their body. People who've been nothing, done nothing but not be obese. 
We've gone across America. Now we go to Canada, Ontario. This guy's name is Kieran Moore. He's a Canadian physician. He's the chief medical officer of so-called health in Ontario. So in, in terms of uh, the proof of vaccination, uh, we'll continue to monitor the data and make recommendations to government. Uh, uh, yeah, a basic means of protecting individuals is stopping the mixing of unvaccinated and vaccinated. And if our cases continue uh, through and after the holidays, uh, uh, we would make recommendations of government to continue the certification process in play. Um, but we'll continue to review the data. Same dynamics. Los Angeles. Mandates. Separate country of Washington. Mandates. D.C. Mandates. New York. Mandates for every business. In a cultural revolution... You flip society. You show people, you prep the environment. You are in charge. You get to run wild. You get to do whatever you want. You, like the kid whose parents, often through good intent, let the child be in charge. You're in charge. And that's what we see in this society. But not when it comes to COVID. Not when it comes to the guns and you're safe. It even goes to a political level, even to this. There's an Antifa activist, Alexander Stark, self-described Antifa activist, this is from Fox News, received probation. You know what he did? He went to a GOP office holder's office, Senator John Hoven from North Dakota, knocked, wasn't let in, so he went and got an ax and tried to break in. He's given probation. One of the heads of the Proud Boys, who I, some people think is himself in a, a government asset, has gotten six months for burning a stolen Black Lives Matter incorporated flag. This guy, Alexander Starks, tried to break into the office of a United States senator with an axe. And he's given probation. When I say it's a time of choosing, I mean it beyond your party, Republican and Democrat, because so many Republicans are in the party. I mean, it's our households. Are we raising our children in godly households? Are we following God's design in our homes? Are the fathers being the the, the preacher, not the preachers, the, the pastors, the priests of their household? Are they doing that in a way that respects their wife's beautiful intelligence? Are they doing that in a partnership way, but saying, no, in spiritual matters, I will take the lead? I know that's a very controversial idea. I get it. That was God's design. It has to be done with great respect. It has to be done in a way that respects your wife's intelligence. She's a partner. You are to treat, you are to lay down your life for your wife right now. You're to love your wife like God, like Jesus loved the church. Are we doing that? How many of the things we just talked about, even if the party wanted this disorder, couldn't happen if we were living in godly ways? The sin problem that we carry makes it easy for people who want to destroy the country like George Soros who said, I want to take America down a level. George Soros is bankrupting the government-funded heroin in Canada. He's probably bankrupting or he's probably bankrolling it here. We just don't have the proof. Someone is. 
But that's leading to a lot of this. So the time of choosing is not just elections. It's certainly that. If you're an active Christian, are you politically active? Are you taking your Christianity into your assessment of office holders? Are you saying, is this a godly law or not? Does it help grow the kingdom or not? And so often these things are binding, not in tax rates, et cetera. Abortion, that's a yes or no. Murder, that's a yes or no. I'm, I'm surprised to read how stringent the Bible is on the death penalty and how often it's employed and how you can get in trouble for not putting to death a murderer. I have real challenges with the death penalty as a human being because I don't trust my government to not kill, you know, to not kill innocent people. I don't trust our government. Well, full stop. I don't trust it. Do you? But in this time of choosing, it's not too late to reverse course. And to come back and say, no, as a matter of fact, I've not been raising my family in a godly way. I'm going to. No, my grandkids aren't. I'm going to ask them to. Well, that requires knowledge. It was stolen from so many of us. So many of us are just regaining it. It's so good to hear the emails from you guys. I am so blessed. People who are early adopters of these shows, we have a whole bunch of things coming for you. Just talking about how to pay back the kindness of you guys joining so early on. So we're going to ask for one more favor. There's one thing you can do. It's been really hard getting Google to approve our search ads, which was vital to our tactics of growing the growing the base of listeners. So if you go to Google right now, you search the Todd Herman show, you go get a bunch of KTTH results and no offense to KTTH. I'm glad that happened. Well, when it benefited me, now I'm not. Google is confused. They think that we have a copyright issue with me using my name. My digital guy, who's one of the very best in the business, Dave, the digital has never seen anything like this. My friend, Jerry, who runs one of the most influential agencies in the Northwest has never seen anything like this. So Google has us blocked in the search ads. Therefore, will you please tell friends about the program? Just send them to the show. The easiest thing is the Spotify link. Most people have the Spotify app, easy to download, great way to listen to the podcast. It's easily updated every single day. Um, Look, Apple's going to be coming on board. They are also sort of slow walking the proposal, you know, the soul locking the approval of the show. So you could help the show grow in that way. And we would deeply appreciate it to the emails. Amanda Todd, regarding the um, last episode on politically inactive Christians who often, but not always produce progressive or Christian or left-leaning children. Thank you for what you're doing to help wake these people up. Drives me crazy when my Christian friends say they don't vote or pay attention because it doesn't matter. It matters more now than ever. Maybe. Uh, thanks for the note, Amanda. Thanks for listening. And look, God allows people to be in charge. He does. Even terrible people like Joe Biden. Well, I mean, the people behind Joe Biden who run him are terrible people. In my judgment, look at their look at the results. Look at what they're doing. That's terrible. So he allows this to happen sometimes to show nations. Here's your kings. Here's your human kings. How do you like it? But so often people will say, Look, I wish God would do something about this. Well, what are you doing? You're God's hands. We're God's hands in government. In a participatory democracy, we are God's hands. He doesn't vote. He doesn't go fight for vote integrity. He doesn't go fight, fight corrupt elections. We get to. We're his hands. Stealing election is stealing and thou shalt not. So to all the people who are fighting for election integrity, God applauds that, I think. That's honesty. 
Thanks for the note, Amanda Deb. Congratulations on your new podcast show. I've missed you dearly. You're my favorite guest host on the Rush Limbaugh show. God, um, God tapped me on the shoulder November 30th and guided me to do a search for you on the internet. I signed up immediately and will be with you for the long haul. Your integrity is stellar. Your faith is a shining light. Your political analysis is clear, clear as a laser. Your unique skill in interwining it all is spectacular. This is the future. Deb, I'm going to have that printed out on a plaque. Thank you so much for recognizing the talents that God loaned me. God rest Rush. I get to say he loaned them to me. I'm not, I'm not going to walk around saying the talents on loan from God. Well, I just did, but I'm not going to make that happen. John, hi, Todd. I first heard you when you stood in for Rush. I think it was sometime in 2018. I agreed with most of what you said and then almost all what you say now. Regarding the talk on burning the ships, this was a song we played. Um, that We play a song of the day when I have time. I went so long in the last hour, I kind of blew it. That was my fault. I just got too excited. So he's talking about the song Burn the Ships by King and Crown. Uh, is it King and Crown? Regarding the talk on burning the ships, um, this is to leave the old world behind, to accept where we're at. Okay, so the metaphor for that song for me is we are here. This is it. We are in the cultural revolution. It's not changing. We need to recognize our circumstances to survive them. For me, the most dramatic dramatic of those actions occurred in the 16th century when Cortez burnt his ships before conquering and destroying the Aztecs. Thank again for being and remaining an extremely accurate and truthful dispenser of the truth. Thank you, John. I appreciate all the early adopters. We've got some really cool things planned. I'm going to do including some live chats and for people who are really early adopters, like first to sign up for the emails, we are going to be having some individual group meetings, like five of us on zoom. I've got a video done. Alex, remember my producer just produced a video for us. It's going to be an example of what the subscription service is going to be like, by the way, this video and the blog that accomplishes are that, that will accompany it will destroy masks forever and ever and ever and ever. That's coming up. Oh, I'm, I'm like, I'm working on the music thing. My friend JT pointed out it's a little chunky with the transition songs. And yep, I know I'm working on the ASCAP licensing. So we're going to be able to play real, real music. I do get to do music reviews. That is perfectly within the purview of music, uh, purview of music rights. So I do get to do that. It's an ugly show we've been talking about. That's not an ugly show. It's ugly topics, but a beautiful God. Ugly topics, but beautiful God. There is a band that put out an ugly song that is done so beautifully. They are, in my mind, one of the finest pop bands to ever exist. The chief songwriter for this band is named Neil Finn. What makes him great in my mind is his way of getting into the hook of a song. Like the hook is the part that repeats a time and again and, and, he has a way of slipping into the hook. Like lots of songs build up to it. And there's this bridge and it builds up and here it comes and boom, we're in the hook. But Neil doesn't do that. He just slides into these hooks. Secondly, the unpredictability of his melodies. Like there, Someone said to me the other day, my, my, my daughter's boyfriend actually said, you know, all that stuff's been written. All the songs have been written. No, mathematically, there's just billions of melodies left. Somehow Neil Finn finds all of these and he finds them in a way that matches this voice that he has that is the voice of pure clarity. His songwriting is also, it's theatrical, but it's real life and it is so vulnerable. 
I love the way he's willing to be completely vulnerable in songs. This is a song about an ugly topic is done in such a beautiful, beautiful way. The song is called Into Temptation. It's from an album called Temple of Low Men. You opened up your door I couldn't believe my love You and your new blue dress Taking away my breath The cradle is soft and warm Couldn't do me no harm You're showing me how to give Into temptation Knowing full well the earth will rebel Into temptation Muddled of nervous You hear that? He is into the hook and he's out of the hook. He's out of the minor and he's into the major and he's back and forth. It is absolutely beautiful, peerless songwriting. He's also talking about a human equation. He's talking about something God has prepped us for, temptation. In that song, he gives in. It was Oscar Wilde, the fascinating, intelligent, deeply immoral, lost man who said the only way to conquer temptation is to give into it. Of course, it was a conundrum. He was a creator of conundrums, Oscar Wilde. But on a personal note, it is a great comfort to me to know that God designed us to experience temptation. It's something that we are to deal with. The Bible is filled with advice on temptation. No temptation has overtaken you except that which is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. The Bible is filled with things. That's Corinthians 10.13. It's filled with advice on this. James one. 13 through 18. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they're dragged away by their own evil and desire and enticed. Then after desire, he's conceived it. He gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, my brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the highly of the, of the heavenly lights, who does not change to shifting uh, like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be kind, first fruits of all he created. Talk to a gentleman who was a priest in Los Angeles, California, in Hollywood. Hollywood is the realm of temptation. Every possible form of temptation. I've told you before, working, you know, briefly, year, year and a half in Hollywood, I was offered every form of temptation. And God strengthened me and I said, no, and I'm not someone given to cheating. I'm not someone given to drugs. You can hear my sinus problems, but trust me, if I was given the drugs, I'd be snorting cocaine to burn my sinuses out. But I've not, and I will not give into that temptation. In fact, it's never been tempting to me. 
This gentleman I met a couple of years ago, he worked in the entertainment industry. And he admitted to me that it was a game. And some of the people in the entertainment industries, young women, young men, would attempt to seduce him. And I asked him at this dinner, I said, Father, what, how do you deal with that? You're an unmarried man. I mean, how do you deal with that? That's got to be so difficult. And he said, I've learned something. When I feel attracted to someone physically, and I do, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a man, I'm, I'm flesh and blood. Of course, I see a beautiful young woman. And so she's trying to you know, seduce me or see if she can get me to break a vow, touch her, do something. I take those feelings that I have and I say, instead of loving this person or falling in love with this person, I'm going to love the creator more. And he said that was his ultimate lesson. The ultimate lesson was to say, look at this beautiful, beautiful creature, this beautiful human. Look at the the form of the body, the eyes, the eye color. Who created it? Who put this person before me? Right? God does not offer temptation. It's not what he does. But if I feel this way about his creation, how must I feel about him, the creator? But he's also told me, he's comforted by this, that his vision of heaven as he understands it is that we're going to know all the souls. We're going to know the insides of everybody. And there's also this, there's no place we hide. There is no place we hide. God sees it all. And so the priest told me that, look, when I am tempted that way and I overcome it and thankfully God has always strengthened me, I've never done that. I go and praise the Father God for making sure, for, for, you know, for, for giving me the strength. But then I also thank him for the opportunity to practice my faith. And I pray, of course, for the people who would want to tempt me. Now, I have no reason to believe this priest was lying to me. He's a relatively young man, incredibly sincere, And that he said this, I did pray for an opportunity to leave Hollywood. And I did. Because I worried that I would let God down one day. (laughs) Because they weren't going to give up on me. I told him, well, that must be a relief. And he told me, you know what? Temptation is everywhere, just like God. Something that we need to remember. If we want to have order back in our world and order in our families. If we'd like to have our country back on the way to heaven. This is the Todd Herman Show. Go be well, be strong, be kind, and please be right with God.